Welcome to the Power Prayer Podcast. I am your host, Sherry T. This is the best day of our life because God is in control. Our affirmation is we are excited, blessed, grateful, and most of all, we are believers for life. We hope these moments of prayer and Bible reading will empower you to have faith in God's word, believe in John 3.16, be transformed by the Holy Spirit, inspire you to pray for your family, friends, and community. Did you know the best way to break a fast is with prayer? Hit the subscribe button to receive my weekly Bible teaching Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning as we intercede for our family, friends, and community. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, how excellent is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With a grateful heart, we give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Keep us in the shadow of your presence as we declare and decree you reign forever. Be blessing and power to our King who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. May the meditation of our hearts and the words of our mouth be acceptable in your sight. Father, we call on your great name today to heal broken hearts and open blind eyes. Continue to teach us your ways as we study your word. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation, counsel, and might guide us into all truth and show us those things which shall come to pass. We stand with the whole armor of God, standing for truth seeking righteousness, walking in the gospel of peace, sharing our faith, believing in our salvation, and speaking the word of God that we might prevail against the forces of the evil one. In the most precious and the most powerful name of Jesus Christ by which we are saved, amen. Our scripture reading is Romans 15 verses 14 through 33. I am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. He gave me a priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to him, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Jesus Christ in my service to God. I will only speak of what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power and the signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has been, always been my ambition to preach the gospel wherever Christ was not known so that I would not be building on anyone else's foundation. Rather, it is written, those who haven't been told about him will see him and those who haven't heard will understand. This is why I have been hindered from coming to you. But now... There is no place for me to work in these regions. And since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while I am passing through and have you assist me on my journey after I have enjoyed your company for a while. 
Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people. For Macedonia and Archaea were pleased to contribute for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were glad to do it. And indeed, they owe it to them. If the Gentiles have shared in the Jewish spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share their material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made assured that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessings of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contributions I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Let me begin my reflections with a quote from John C. Maxwell. Failed plans should not be interpreted as failed visions. Visions don't change. They are only refined. Plans rarely stay the same and are scrapped or adjusted as needed. Be stubborn about the vision. Be flexible with your plan. I believe this quote is relevant to our text as we seek to answer the question, are we living the vision? Are we living the vision? The Apostle Paul begins to close this letter with the same thought as he did in chapter one, where he reveals three things. First, his calling. Second, his purpose. Lastly, his mission. Now put a bookmark right there and give me a few minutes to set the table for our question, are we living the vision? Remember, Paul's journey began on the road to Damascus back in Acts chapter 9, where he was on his way to persecute Christians. Now, somebody go ahead and say, but God. Yep, it's a but God moment. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for our good. Saul becomes Paul because of his encounter with the Holy Spirit and the rest is history. See, Paul's plan to persecute Christians failed, but God's vision for Saul never changed. To God be the glory, because Jehovah is all-knowing, nothing takes him by surprise, and he is always on time. See, God was not surprised by Paul persecuting Christians, but God had already had a plan from the foundation of the earth. Matter of fact, I can imagine Paul's Paul years later reciting Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 with thanksgiving because it says my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts your thoughts have you ever made plans and the Holy Spirit changed the course of your life let me be the first to say, ouch, hallelujah. When I thought my five-year plan was working out for my good, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he revealed his plan for my life. Like Paul, I accepted the call of God. 
Here we find Paul at the end of his letter as he writes about his relationship with the believers in Rome with a sense of boldness and urgency and clarifies that they have been filled with goodness and knowledge and encourages them to instruct one another. After Paul encourages the believers, he gets right to our first point, his calling. Listen as I read verses 15 and 16. Yet I have written to you quite boldly on some issues to remind you of them because of the grace of because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. Wow. God had entrusted Paul to fulfill the priestly service of preaching the gospel to the believers then and now. I'm sure Paul was thinking about Romans one when he urged, when he was urging us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, which was holy and pleasing to God, for this was our true and proper worship, because Christ had finished his work. This leads us right to our second point of knowing our purpose. See, Paul understood his purpose. He knew what that was because of his experience on Damascus Road, because he had encountered the risen Christ. Let's take a closer look at verse 20. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ has not been known. So I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Paul's greatest desire was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles who had never heard the gospel. And guess what? God gave him the desires of his heart. Why? Because God purposed Paul to preach to the Gentile from the beginning of time from the foundation of the world. Paul was chosen. Paul realized what his purpose was when he had encountered the risen Christ. I had to say that again. Now, granted, Paul was not looking for his plans to change because he was had a one-track mind, and that was to persecute Christians. But when he encountered the God of Israel, Paul's plans changed. Our third and final point is identifying our mission. Listen as I read verses 26 through 28. For Macedonia and Archaea were pleased to contribute to the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were delighted to do so, and indeed they owed it to them. If the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessing, they owed it to the Jews to share in their material blessing. Wow. Paul reveals our mission is to give to those experiencing tough times. He wrote this to the church at Corinth. He who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Let every one purpose in their hearts to give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I will close with this. The Apostle Paul was given an assignment to speak to the Gentile nation and bring us into the truth of knowing who Jesus Christ was. The one who paid it all. And all to him we owe, that we might be partakers in eternal life.
Now, I don't know where you stand when you ask yourself, are you living the vision? We are living the vision of salvation, hope, and love. Again, I can go back to my quote, which I started off with by John C. Maxwell. And leave you with the word of encouragement. Your plans should not be interpreted as a failed vision. Because it's God who gives the vision. As long as you submit the plan. And if God's vision for you is to accept the call to minister the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to many. I encourage you to walk in that calling. Whether it's in the marketplace or whether it's in a land far away. But whatever you do, know that the vision that God has for you will never change. And he'll only refine your plans. So despise not small beginnings. But be stubborn about the vision. And be flexible about your plan. Let me close this segment of our show with a prayer. Let us bless the God of our salvation who rules heaven and earth. Bless the God of creation because we are his masterpiece, fearfully and wonderfully made. Bless the King of kings who has done great and marvelous things. Father, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for your presence and power is being seen in our lives today. For this is the day that you have given us, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we also give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory, because we can trust in you. Father, we thank you for the vision, for the vision that you have set in our hearts as individuals and collectively, as a community and collectively as a nation. We thank you for the vision that you continue to speak to our hearts to love our neighbor as ourselves to help each other when we need. Not grudgingly, but to do it out of pure love and, and the desire to help someone because you did it for us. At Calvary, you gave your son, Jesus, who is our Messiah. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. Therefore, do not remember the sins of our youth or our transgressions. Forgive us, creating us a clean heart. Let us drink from the living water and eat from the bread of life. Father, we bless your name again, creator of the universe and fruit of the vine, in the most precious and the most powerful name by which we all are saved, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Tina Mashashude. She just released her 21st book, Fire at the Altar, on Amazon. Click on the link below and get your copy today. After a word from our sponsor, we will close with The Blood Still Works. Welcome back to the second segment of our show. 
I am your host, Sherry T, and you have been listening to the Power Prayer Podcast. This segment is where we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Before we hear from our first artist, let me give you this disclaimer. I do not have the copyright to the worship music that is being played on this podcast. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowances made for fair use purposes, such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, and scholarship research. Therefore, feel free to leave a comment. A man of God that I honor and I'm grateful that he's in our midst tonight. Can we please welcome Paul Wilbur? Worship in Hebrew, you gotta have a little Hebrew, you know. Yeah. Is the word shacha? Say that shacha. Every time you read in your Bible, worship. I think we we take it something as internal, but it's also external. In the Hebrew, anyway, a lot of these things are action words. Hebrew originally was a picture language. I don't know what the original picture is for Shekha, but it, it has to be something bent over because Shaha means to humble yourself. It means to bow low. It means to put your face in its place. When you, when you come before a throne of grace, you, you come bowed low. It's a place where you can't defend yourself. You, you don't see what's happening around you because The object of your affection is in front of you, it's not behind you. And so we come tonight to Shacha. Heaven is full of amazing creatures. Some of them, Revelation 4, covered with eyes all around. And they have very few words that says that Forever and all eternity, they only say, Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzavot. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Tonight has already been an amazing sometimes overwhelming experience for me and that's not typical for me (laughs) this is really god breathed but 
tonight again for a few more moments can we can we shacha can we bow low in honor of the one who was who is and who is to come the lamb who came but in honor of the lion who is approaching because the object of our affection is not behind us or beside us, but he's the one before whom we bow. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you to take the scroll and open all of its seals, for you were slain and with your blood you've ransomed us for God. Out of every tribe and every tongue, every people and every nation, and you've made us a new kingdom, a kingdom of priests that we would serve and shacha before our God, the only one who is worthy.
we will continue with the blood still works. The blood still works. Our God is faithful. The blood of Jesus is working in our favor. We trust only in our God. If we obey his commandments, then no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The blood still works. If we obey his words, we will eat the good of the land. The blood still works. Jesus bore our infirmities and healed us of all our diseases. The blood still works. Fear must submit to our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. The blood still works. The kingdom of heaven lives in us because the blood still works. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you know the best way to break a fast is with prayer? Hit the subscribe button to receive my weekly Bible teaching Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning as we intercede for our family, friends, and community. Thanks for listening to the Power Prayer Podcast. I am your host, Sherry T. Check out our store at believerforlife.com forward slash t-shirts and be sure to subscribe by clicking on the icon below. Remember John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Until the next podcast, peace, love, and blessing.